Coming up on That Was a Show. Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place was the 1998 sitcom about Gen X career and relationship angst. It featured Ryan Reynolds as Berg, Guy 1, Richard Rucolo as Pete, Guy 2, and Trailer Howard as Sharon, a girl. They hang out at Beacon Street Pizza in Boston, a pizza place, where the guys work. After season two, the pizza place is dropped from both the story world and the title, and it becomes Two Guys and a Girl, a title that is both preposterously generic and numerically inaccurate, as another guy, as well as another girl, are added to the main cast. Whatever. The point is this slightly younger, slightly edgier version of Friends is best known for helping launch the career of superhero-slash-gin-slash-football tycoon Ryan Reynolds. These two guys and a girl, Barry, Aaron, and Bryn, Grab a few slices and give it a taste. <laughs> we grew up during peak sitcom, Seinfeld, Friends, The Fresh Prince. But those shows were diamonds in the rough. This podcast is not about those diamonds. It's about the rough. Some sitcoms were briefly popular in their time. Some were canceled almost immediately. You probably won't recognize most of these, and you'll ask, that was a show? That was a show? The podcast about failed or forgotten sitcoms from the 80s and 90s, starring Bryn Burney, Aaron Yeager, and Andrew Helmer as Barry. A Radio Gizmo production. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hey, Aaron. Hello. Hello. Good to see you, Barry. And you as well, good sir. Yes. Um, off mic, we were all just discussing how we all just came from a late morning movie theater. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Excursion. Barry was seeing Oppenheimer and we were seeing Barbie. So <laughs> I, I was completing my Barbenheimer because right, I, I, you just I saw started it on Friday. Yeah. 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 Or Friday, rather. Yeah. So yeah. you've yeah. seen both now. We have yeah. not seen Oppenheimer. I will probably see that movie, but I don't know. I guess, yeah, we'll see it. We'll I don't it. know for sure if I'll see it in the theater, though. We'll see. TBD. It is It it is very much a movie that needs to be seen in the theater. Yeah, it okay. Is, okay. Well, it, it is It is just yeah. this wonderful, like, little, like, not little, but it's just, you know, it, it needs to be seen on the biggest effing screen possible because yeah. there's so well, much of it was shot in IMAX yeah. format. So, right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just like Barbie, you gotta like see it for mm. the first time at least in the theater. Agreed. Agreed. You gotta Both. get that full spectacle and that crazy production design yeah. on a giant it screen. Is, it is interesting that both movies get released at the same time, that the two most hyped movies of the summer. Yeah. And what I like about both is that they're not reliant on visual effects, CGI, stuff like that. They're both movies that are like pretty old-fashioned old filmmaking. very practical, practical pictures. Which yeah. bodes very well given what's going on in the industry right now. Like, yeah. you know, I, I it's, it's actually like really wonderful that a lot of people came out to the movie theaters, like you were saying off Mike Barry, like, you know, it inspired a lot of people to go to a theater and see a movie. So we got to like keep that alive so that yeah. they keep making awesome stuff 
and don't rely and you know and not that obviously there are a lot of incredibly talented artists working in uh cg and uh, special effects but like if you just show what the mat the traditional magic of the movies is then that that really yeah. needs to be and, shown and, to and people. And also, I think that there are people who work in those professions who are not necessarily stoked for the level of pressure that's been put on them with some movies these days where they're working ridiculous hours to squeeze yeah. as much visual effects into two hours as you possibly can, as yeah. opposed mm-hmm. to like those effects being special and impressive because you use them judiciously. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah, it's... Uh, you know, we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon and uh, the North American box office has had one of its largest uh, takes ever. And it's also like the biggest split that's ever happened, mm-hmm. right? We're like usually a, a big box office weekend will go to one movie and this dominant, this is two movies. And, yeah. you know, the Barbie's already done something like 150 in yeah. in the US and Oppenheimer did 80 and it's just like one of those things where Hollywood's going to learn the wrong lessons. They're going to yeah. think that people are still very much into blockbusters, but the honest truth is they're both like auteur driven films yeah. that are have like a pretty singular voice behind both of them. I mean yeah. And singular, you know, singular. Well, I'm going to remain some... positive that they'll learn yeah. the right things. That's yeah. what I'm going to choose to but believe also, right now. But also, that, like you said, Barry, they will be like, oh, these come from the minds of two like very singular voices, like you said. Mm-hmm. And like they come from people, from human beings coming yeah. up with incredible ideas and collaborating with other humans yeah, yeah. to make things. But also built into both movies. I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, but having seen the trailer and knowing who the person The team <laughs> was, behind it, yeah. And knowing, yeah. knowing um, the subject matter, they're both yeah. movies that deal with existential dread. Yeah. And, very, very much so, yes. And, <laughs> and to be clear, only a human can write a movie about yes. human existential dread. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that's that's for sure. So yeah, uh, I'm. I assume a lot of our listeners out there have seen one or both of those movies by the time uh, this comes out. You're yeah. Listening to this, but uh, if not, uh, by Go all means, it's, it's 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 been a it's been a great summer for movies. Yeah. This is not a TV show, or this is not a podcast about movies. No. Uh, so. We'll skip past that for now yeah. and we'll run into, you know, wander into another bit of escapism, which is sitcoms. Uh, I chose this week's episode. Uh, a slightly controversial pick, I, I would say, in that, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it is certainly one of the more successful sitcoms we've covered. Uh, but I made the argument that successful at the time not necessarily uh, something that remained in the pop culture eye. I chose Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place, uh, which aired for four seasons uh, on ABC between 1998 and 2001. Uh, it's, of course, an ensemble comedy that was best known for bringing Ryan Reynolds into both <laughs> the television sets and hearts of yeah. the world. Uh, it co-starred Robert Ruccolo uh, and Trailer Howard, centered around the lives of three best friends in their mid-20s. Uh, and it had a ridiculously simple plot. 
uh, Berg and Pete, the titular guys, both work at Beacon Street Pizza, where they routinely trade barbs with their upstairs neighbor Sharon as the three of them try to navigate various plots uh, that centered around both their careers and their love lives. Uh, it was a moderate success for ABC through its first three seasons, uh, but managed to drop its viewership hard after being slotted uh, into Friday night's infamous death slot during its yeah. fourth season. Uh, it featured two very major revamps, the first coming at the start of the second season when uh, the show dropped its uh, supporting cast from the first, which included David Ogden Steers and Julius Carey. And it introduced two new regulars who would become central to the series going forward. Suzanne Cryer as the acerbic Ashley and Nathan Fillion as the doofy Johnny. Both <laughs> of them were reoccurring love interests for Berg and Sharon, respectively. Its next shape up came in season three when the pizza place was dropped from both the title and the show. <laughs> now, whether that was due to marketing or through the increasing diva-like behavior and off-screen antics of the pizza place, uh, we may never know. So oh, I want to hear more about that. That's interesting. I remember finding it very Brent, annoying. Brent, it's a set. It, 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 it was a joke. It, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> The I thought the, you meant... The pizza place didn't get up to all kinds of hijinks. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were implying no, something No, I, I about... took you seriously, too, because I know, yeah. that, I know that it was inspired by the show creators, like, youth working at a pizza place yeah. in, like, a suburb of Boston. So for a moment, I was like, wait a second, is it like that Seinfeld Kenny Kramer yeah, thing yeah, where yeah. the original inspiring pizza place <laughs> just went so nuts trying to milk this yeah. that it like distracted from the actual show? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's, but... it's, it's a show that made me, uh, and to this day, like I'm just, ah, oh, man, I really want pizza. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I want an old-fashioned pizza place. I, I really actually... I remember when this was on TV and being yeah. super annoyed that they dropped the pizza place. Because we all I, were. I felt like it just sounded dumb. It just sounded like two guys and a girl. Like, yeah. like that felt incomplete. Like, it just felt like a very, like, you know. Well, it I, was, it was weird because I think yeah. that the network, if I'm recalling this correctly from my understanding at the time, I think the network was sort of tooling around by just calling it two guys and a girl, like just in short forming it throughout like network <clears throat> promos. And then eventually just made the move and just changed the title completely. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was definitely a weird, uh, you know, the show doesn't need the pizza place, but on the other hand, uh, it's a good title. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a it. more interesting title. The full like two guys, a girl and a pizza place. It's just like in, an intriguingly long and complicated title. Whereas like two guys and a girl sounds super generic. But also yeah. like I had a bit of a theory watching the pilot, but it felt like, OK, it's not necessarily what they're trying to do. But by the time I watched the season three episode, like we'll go into it more later. But it really started to feel like, oh, are they just trying to be friends? Like a yeah. slightly younger friends yeah. because yeah. they got rid of the supporting cast that was very like pizza place based and replaced them with just like more young 20 somethings grappling with relationships so it, it got to be so instead of like three young 20 somethings grappling with relationships it became like five or six and now you just have friends yeah yeah it, it was funny because yeah i noticed that too where i was like it's kind of funny that you just dropped the pizza place but 
also fail to realize that you've doubled your cast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And therefore your math is now off. I mean, they could have kept to the pizza place and had the, that just be their hangout. Like yeah. if they didn't, if they wanted the guys to no longer work there, fine. Yeah, they don't have to work yeah. there. But yeah, but how does how does I the title make any sense? It's no read, longer two like, guys and a girl. Yeah, I read in a, like an in what an interview in prepping for this that they were relieved because they felt like it just hemmed them in too much being in the pizza place. But I don't know. I think that they could have had the pizza place and had that be their hangout, like their central perk. Yeah. You know? And then, but they also have all the other scenes in yeah. other places. Like they don't I have think, to be I, at I the think, pizza place all the time yeah. for it to still be in the title. Yeah, I think the honest truth is that nobody, nobody brought up at the time. Nobody would have noticed. Like the the, exactly. the show was called that. You know, you're three seasons deep. Maybe you don't go to the pizza place all that often anymore. Nobody would have been like, oh no, what about the pizza yeah. place? Like, just leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's also. I don't know. It, there, there is something about a pizza place that has always been like an iconic place for young people to like meet up yeah. for various reasons or yeah. a place where someone might have their first job or something like that. So like that's like saying like Cheers is in a bar that really hems them in. Like who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they made it work. They, they made, were they, always in that bar. They made it work and they basically yeah. never left the bar. Yeah. And yeah, we're saying. No matter what George Costanza thought. Like yeah. they definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. It was so. Yeah. I mean, you know, this was this show. It was fun to watch because like I think it takes all of about 15 seconds into the pilot uh before you realize that ryan reynolds is walking into this fully formed as ryan yeah. reynolds yeah. yeah like he he's I always remember, been that guy yeah i remember just loving this 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 man like from the second i lay, yeah. laid eyes on him True. and like for a while that he was a bit of an underdog which is funny to remember we're like you know he was known for this and yep. then, you yeah. know, throughout this, he did Van Berg Wilder. Guy. Yeah. It would always be like, oh, yeah, Berg from Two Guys, a Girl yeah. in a Pizza Place. Like, he's so funny. And then he ended up popping up in other stuff, which we'll get to later. And we were like, oh, he, oh, he's in movies now. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. He does. Yeah. He got real jacked for a Blade yeah. movie. And everybody started being like, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. He, he does some yeah. great eyebrow work. Yeah. Like yeah. his does. face acting, just like facial expression acting. Yeah. It really comes out within like the first minute yeah. of this show. You're just like, yeah, you, you came here to play. Like, you know what a sitcom is. You're, it's almost yeah. unfair yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the other two cast yeah. members who on any other sitcom would have stood out, uh, but they're bouncing off of him, right? Maybe I not Richard Ruckalo as much, but like Trailer Howard is always very funny uh, yeah. and she she tries her damnedest to throw just as much energy into this as he is, but he's just so effortless. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. I thought the other two leads... Like, he definitely is the breakout. He is the standout. Yeah. But I did think they were very strong. I thought there oh, yeah. was, like, a good balance. Like, the three of them had good chemistry together, for sure. It's and a I good, remember yeah. that being what 
at the time, like, and I didn't watch it like religiously. I would watch it kind of off and on back in the day. And I, but I remember thinking like they had like a fun dynamic, the three of them, like they were mm-hmm. a good bunch mm-hmm. together. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, I have thoughts. Like it is like a charming show. Like some of it does hold up and especially their performances hold up. But Very like, much so. but like the writing is a little meh, and like I, I did find like the way the women characters are talked about. It's like a little bit not my favorite. Like it is like a little bit like they're kind of like humorless. <laughs> like, yeah, well, the, the the I can't remember her name, but the girl in the in season one, yeah, the girl with two guys and a girl, um, <laughs> Sharon. Sharon, 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 yeah, um, because I'm terrible with names, as you know. She's the one who has the job at the chemical company, yes. like in sales yeah. for the chemical yeah. company. Yeah. So anyway, like I, I liked the fact that, I mean, so largely, well, the whole thing felt, let me backtrack and say the whole thing felt like that Gen X career angst distilled down to its purest form. Yeah. Like she was in a very nail on the head, but like in a good way, nail on the head, articulating the idea of having that difficult transition from university or college or school or whatever into mm-hmm. having to have a career and that career sometimes feeling like you're selling out if it's for some company that does something that you don't necessarily love. And she's complaining about the morality of the company that she's working for and all of that. And and there was the reference to, um, was it Ryan Reynolds character who had like a philosophy, was like a philosophy major and uh, didn't know how to turn that into a job. Like a lot of that was like a very of its era type yeah. of articulating that career angst. But then there's it. I was just going to say, but then she's got the other aspect of her where there's the line where she says to them, you fight like a couple of broads. And there was that, oh, she's just one of the guys energy yeah, yeah, yeah. energies, the way like the character was written. Yeah. Where it's like it's called two guys and a girl, but she has to kind of fit in with the guys. Well, it's one of the guys. And in the second episode, like her and uh, Ashley not getting along and kind of being like, you know, I found that annoying because it was like, OK, obviously the two women characters that hang out with a group of guys can't get along. Yeah. And like, you know, it was a little bit like of its era as well. If, of its if time. I re- if I recall, yeah. that their their rivalry is something that is a more of a long-term plot of them becoming okay. friends. Okay. Um, well, then that's good then, but I th- based I on think, what we saw. I think I would add in that, like, it's not that the girls aren't funny. Uh, they're both very, very funny, but the show is consistently telling us they're not. Yeah. yeah. And, like, they're not allowed to just be. Yeah. We're, they're not allowed to just be funny. Like, they have to, they have to, like, constantly be... Negging each other and like yeah yeah Yeah. when i say humorless i mean that not that they're funny they have no sense of humor toward everyone else and they're always just like you know they're just foils to the guys yeah even though sharon is best bffs with the two guys she's Mm -hmm. still like a foil to them in a weird way Mm -hmm. which is like Mm -hmm. annoying and it's like well then why do you hang out with her so much why is she your like bestie like i don't get it and then like the way like the relationship dynamics in, like in the pilot, you know, one of the major plot points is Pete breaking up with his girlfriend 
played by the very, very delightful Jennifer Westfeld. Mm-hmm. And he, the things he's saying about her are like, she's like so shitty. And like, yeah. she seems like a lovely person. And then you find out that he's blown off events to just like hang out with Berg and like lies about it. And it's like, yeah. I would like lose my mind if I had a, even <laughs> when I was young, if a boyfriend of mine did that, I'd be like, I would lose my mind. Like that's just such shitty terrible well, I, I got i got news for you yeah no but like if i found out about it is what i'm saying yeah I, I would be so angry and uh but he's just like but everyone's supposed to laugh at that everyone's supposed to think oh he's such a scamp well but it's like- i think i think maybe it's not the scamp thing so much as they they are flirting with the idea of them being bad people yeah sure okay but pete specifically i feel like maybe it's just the two episodes we watched um, he's a piece of shit and like, yeah, yeah, never gets called out on it. In fact, yeah. everybody kind of bend, bends yeah. over backwards to make him feel better. Right. Yeah. When you're just like, you know, like Berg is open about being a jerk. Yeah. Uh, whereas Pete, like he, he's got real nice guy energy where he, yeah. he assumes yeah. he's like, yeah. And this the comes out party. Yeah, and this comes out further in, yeah. in the second episode that we watched, where you're just like, you're just a shitty guy, like a shitty, thoughtless there's, guy. There's there's yeah. a name for that. There's gotta be a name for that trope that a lot of people are calling out. I guess it's just the nice guy, the quote yeah, in quotation nice marks. Yeah. Where there's like a lot of those like characters upon like revisits of different shows where it's like, oh, they're supposed to be the nice guy, but they're really actually manipulative and selfish and shitty. The duckies. The duckies of the world. Yeah, exactly. And and, um, Wait, who? I don't get that reference. From like Pretty in Pink and like even Ted Mosby's a, a nice guy. You know what I mean? Like the n- quote unquote yeah. nice guy. Big, and like big time. Yeah. Ross is Ross is Ross, one. Ross, like there's like a lot of a lot of those characters. Yeah. In, in television, especially and especially sitcoms. Yeah. They you know? also yeah. establish the two guys from the start as like guys, guys. Like that opening yeah, scene where a lot of sports props going on, yeah. uh, the basketball hoop, the golf club. Like there's just there's a first scene where it might as well be like the guys tossing the football back and forth in the bedroom. Like it's that <laughs> kind of like, yeah, we're establishing that these guys are dudes. Yeah, like, we, and it's funny because like it's not in the performances. No, like, no, it's like they don't it's come like they're afraid. Yeah, 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 it's like they're afraid that people would not consider consider them masculine so they have to put all this like business in exactly because it's like ryan reynolds character so berg berg and i need to start saying proper character (laughs) names so berg supposedly has like two degrees in philosophy right yeah so in one scene they're like he's like begging pete to just like go to the golf course with him and swinging a golf club around and there's like all sorts of sports props in there but meanwhile, he's also like a bookish academic. Like, I don't know why they won't, like you said, like, just let the character be what well, he, he is and don't he, try to, like, reassure the audience. But don't worry, because he's a dude, because he likes sports. Mm-hmm. I think we dropped some of it uh, in that, like, one of the reasons why the pizza place goes out the door is that Pete, or sorry, not Pete, Berg, uh, Berg uh, becomes a doctor. Right. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah. And that and for the majority of the show, Berg is a doctor. And and I, I actually appreciated uh some of the dialogue in this pilot setting up the type of person he is in that he uh he is ridiculously smart 
Yeah. Uh, and has like a photographic memory for yeah. which is mm-hmm. uh, uh, an infuriatingly real thing for some very he 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 coasts because because but he, he has also, these inherent skills that are so yeah, yeah helpful to be high functioning. Yeah. yeah. The um yeah I found I mean I don't know I found at some points my attention wavering. Yeah. I found like yeah me too. And but like usually. In shows like this, it's kind of the dialogue that I find doesn't quite hook me. But in this case, I felt it was more the plot. Like, I right. actually felt like the characters yeah. had potential. The dialogue we- sometimes had potential. But the actual plot arc of the episode, which I don't even think we've talked about. No, we yeah. watched two basically. We watched two basically bottle episodes. Right. Um, okay. In that, like, we watched the so the pilot almost entirely with the exception of a bit in the in their apartment at the beginning the the pilot is almost entirely set in the pizza place yeah uh i guess we could just go through the plots of them yeah. uh yeah so you know uh, basic plot of the of the first episode is uh they have a shift to work at the pizza place and pete is sure he's about to he he wants to break up with uh, his long-term g- girlfriend, uh, Melissa. Melissa, yeah, and uh, he invites her to the pizza place to do it there because he's a real stand-up guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that's the classy move. Yeah, chicken chickens out over it when he realizes, oh right, like this woman is wonderful and is sweet and very nice to me, and yeah. way out of his league. Uh, yeah. And then in <laughs> also t- sitcom fashion. You know, Berg says, oh, he was going to break up with you. And then they break up uh, because of that. And then Berg has to go. uh, There's also, you know, there's a runner about Berg trying. um, He's been doing uh, medical testing and he's got like a funny uh, inhaler, which is basically exists solely for physical comedy purposes. Like Ryan Reynolds punctuates so many of his jokes with like random hits off this inhaler. Uh, and it, it only works because it's him doing it. Uh, and then Sharon is there. Sharon is in the pilot. I did later learn this was not the pilot. This was oh, aired as this was aired as the pilot. Nobody seems to be aware. Nobody seems to know which one. Maybe they never even aired a pilot period or the pilot period. But this one was. You know, in, in typical network form, they had shuffled around episodes mm-hmm. and thought this was the one to start with because uh, they, yeah, they kick it around a bit, apparently, with the Melissa plot line. Uh, and yeah, it was, it, it, it's funny that they would have chose to start with this one. I wonder if it's just because it had so much ex- expository dialogue in it yeah. that it sort of works as a pilot. Uh, or maybe they just added that in. But yeah, it's a very, very, uh, there's not a lot going on. There's no. not a lot going on. No. We see a lot of tropes in this episode. <laughs> yeah. One, one, of the, one of them that I've now seen like uh, a handful of times while recording this show is the uh, characters recording like uh, sport type commentary over something happening <laughs> uh like they're watching pete break up with melissa and yeah. you know berg and his boss are both doing sports commentary over it which i don't think i've ever laughed at once um <laughs> that and that's the first episode the second episode we watched yeah. is in the middle is from the uh, third season uh episode five of the third season and it's another bottle episode almost entirely set in the apartment 
and uh, they're uh, all going to a football game together that Pete has paid for because he's just gotten a new job that clearly is no longer a pizza place. Uh, and everybody is arguing with each other. And it's kind mm-hmm. of a drag. It, it, it's kind of a drag. Like, yeah. uh, it's it's the performers are all very good and funny and I I really wish I had picked another episode because I was like, well, this wasn't that this wasn't fun to watch. Like yeah. they're 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 really mean to each other almost the entire episode, and like they're mean inter- to each other, and it's about such low stakes things. Low too. stakes thing, yeah. Yeah. Interesting is I do wonder about watching Suzanne Cryer's performance here. I I had forgotten a lot about the show and her specifically. I feel like she's doing a bit of a a, a prototypical uh, Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory here, where I mm. almost feel like she's perhaps playing this as somebody on on the spectrum. Oh yeah, and, maybe uh, maybe that's and, what was going on. And there. it's in and it's in her performance, not in the not necessarily in the dialogue. Much like right. I'm sure, she, sure, sure, Jim Parsons uh, has probably never come out and said it, but I mean, come on. Yeah. We know what you're doing on the Big Bang Theory, man. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I, I really like her. And I thought that it's, again, it's like, it's unfortunate that it felt like they were trying to squeeze way too much mileage over conflicts relating to, or like stuff relating to like their clothing, like what yeah. outfits and whether they should go to a football game if it might rain <laughs> and all this stuff where I'm just like, I don't care about any of this. But yeah, but like I like her. So I was like, you know, usually when there's a retool like this and they dump yeah. some original cast and they bring in new people like her and um, Nathan Fillion, I was like, oh, great. Like they're both great performers to throw into this sitcom. But then yeah. what they did with them, I was just like, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, um, they didn't let Nathan Fillion be Nathan no, Fillion. <laughs> no, he Fillion gets a lot of great Fillion though. Okay. This is where okay. I came to love this right. guy. Like yeah, yeah, I yeah. have been a fan of him since this, and yeah, he, he he's very funny. And yeah. this but, again, but bad episode. Yeah. yeah. By the way, for anyone who doesn't know who Susan Suzanne Cryer is, uh, she started with the occasional single episode parts in shows like Caroline in the City and Seinfeld, yeah, and then yada yada yada. <laughs> Ends up with a lead in this show. (laughs) 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 Meaning everyone, she's the the yada, yada, yada. She's the yada, yada. Girlfriend. She yada, yada the best part. Yeah. (laughs) Yada, yada over the best part. No, I mentioned the bisque. Of course, that's an Elaine line. Yeah. You know, as an adult, I do have to say, having now tried uh, lobster bisque, I get it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think I've ever tried lo- oh, lobster it's, bisque. It's great. I've it's tried great. lots of bisques in my life, but not oh, lobster uh, bisques. Lobster, you take you take lob. <laughs> okay, when I've had lobster on its own, I was like, this is a lot of lobster. Okay, so okay, Aaron, we date night, so I need the comparison. <laughs> so I need the lobster bisque, uh-huh. and then you know we need to get amorous <laughs> after, and I need to see which yeah, one is better. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean. That's that's a lot of pressure. For, that's, that's a lot of pressure for that bisque. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I had lobster spaghetti the other day, and I have to say, like that spaghetti fucked. <laughs> I don't know why. So there's one great throwaway line in this where, like, they're all talking about what to what to eat, 
And they're like, oh, oh yeah. we'll go for Italian. And uh, Burke's like, oh, I had Italian yesterday. I can't I can't have it twice in a row. And I just like that Ashley says, I don't think beefaroni counts. And I was just like, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, we we skipped over this a bit, but in the pilot, well, I guess it's not a real pilot, but in that in that first episode, I did think the the truth serum bit was oh. kind of funny. But yeah, but like it felt a little bit wedged in. Oh, like it, it was, felt like very like how is that plausible? Oh, it was very implausible, very yeah. contrived, very wedged in. I just think that Ryan Reynolds did His a delivery, good did yeah. a good job delivering it. Yeah, obviously, I mean the idea that an inhaler would contain sodium pentothal. <laughs> I mean that's ridiculous. But he just yeah yeah he sold it. He, he sold, sold it. it. And that's why, you know, he is the big star that he is like today. A good day for us uh, commenting on Canadian Ryan's. Yeah. yeah. We just saw the other ultimate hilarious. Oh, sure. Yeah. The gauze. Yeah. Three cheers. And then there was a Canadian uh, Simu. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Good Canadian presence in the Barbie movie. Yeah. And Michael Uh, Sarah. And Michael Sarah. (laughs) Michael Sarah. And hey, you know, Fillion in this. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of like fun. Ca- you know, you put a Canadian male actor, well, and female actor, but you know, in this we've, case, we've been overloaded yeah. with with the men. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that thing. I guess it's it was Pete, right? Who was like sort of dating this woman, Irene. Yeah, yeah, what was that all about? And he kept she, forgetting she existed or ditching yeah, her. Yeah, and again, nobody calls him out on it. In fact, yeah. they apologize to him. Yeah. And I was and like, like, he's the one who keeps doing he this. Makes it as and if, the implication yeah. is that she's mentally ill, so he's constantly Gaslighting her. He's just gaslighting, gaslighting yeah. her. a woman who has emotional problems. <laughs> like, I, have, I have to say, I, like, that's terrible. I, I didn't, when they first in, like brought that character into the episode, I actually really did not care for the whole... She's actually... It's really... I, I, it's a plot was, that doesn't hold up. The joking around mental illness thing with her. I, I was, yeah. uh, I was bereft in my uh, description. She is a, she's a regular. She, oh, okay. she, she, is she becomes a regular. From, okay. She's season like comes in halfway through season two hmm. uh, and stays for the rest of the show. Yeah. Weirdly enough, actually is uh, often Berg's uh, love interest. Right. But like, not, which one? Not Pete. So a couple of them get married. So who does get married in this? Uh, Johnny and Sharon. And get Sharon, married. okay. Uh, and a- Ashley and and Berg are on and off for the majority of their time. Right. Uh, and oh, okay. This is interesting. So the show toyed a lot with uh, uh, gimmicks, as ABC sitcoms were very famous. For yeah. doing uh, in yeah. there in in this time of TV where they no were way. they did they didn't they couldn't meet a gimmick they didn't want to throw at you right <laughs> or, or guarantee you they would have meetings where they're like so what's what, what's, what's going gimmick? on you know yeah. uh, so they took one episode uh, that was completely silent so cool that's cool uh, huh. uh, or at least with no dialogue uh, and then the what ended up being the series finale had a plot line of and friends would also pull this uh where the three female cast members might be pregnant and they uh, don't know which one it is they don't know which one it is but the internet oh my god that's been done so many times the internet, but this is where the gimmick did the internet uh got voted, to decide 
got to decide on it. Oh wow. Oh, so the so in the so last episode like, they, yeah. they reveal in the last episode they revealed who was uh pregnant who and was it ended it? up it was Ashley. Okay. Uh okay. but the show the the series kind of ends with her uh not certain if she wants to keep it. Uh okay. and hmm. then uh and that's 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 the end of that. That's the end of the show. Wow. So, uh so yeah, but for our younger listeners out there, the, the internet having a place <laughs> in pop culture in uh, in 2001 was still very, very new. Yeah. Uh, at least on a mainstream level like this, uh, yeah. where it was embraced by the production. Whereas it, yeah. the internet was host for, you know, many forums and chat rooms, which were, you know, the X-Files and Buffy and Star Trek were very big with these things. but. By 2001, uh, ABC and some of the other networks were starting to be like, this internet might not be going anywhere. So yeah. they, uh, <laughs> they did that. But it, it's funny to think of, you know. Like the it, line from Jerry when he's like, I, I got to get on this internet thing. I'm late on everything now. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's kind of neat to hear, like when we've been doing research for this show, that like like some of these odd series where they do do very early internet stunts like it's it's kind of cool cuz you're like oh that was like innovative at the time like right? they were yeah. really outside of the box at the time um yeah it's, i don't know it's kind of cool i i really appreciate some of the creativity and like the theme nights and the theme like the yeah, liz the yeah. liz night still that i discovered when we did our um episode uh for um what's it called uh oh my gosh yeah what, which 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 had the, li that? the liz night the, oh that was um uh, that was well, the nanny the nanny did but not the that's what were it we was doing? the one with the, the, the book publisher high society why didn't any of us remember cool, that cool, and cool. Anyway, two episodes ago yeah yeah two episodes ago uh but yeah like stuff like that i find so interesting and i feel like we don't do enough of that now like there's not enough you know cool kind of like really trying something moments like yeah, there's, there's yeah there's like sometimes they'll do an they'll do like a choose your own adventure type like interactive episode of a show on a streaming platform yeah. but then there's like other things like where they try to do like live shows like on like a streaming platform yeah. and they completely bungle but it also, and it's like you we know don't, we don't watch shows that are made yeah. like this anymore like yeah, i know true. technically they still exist but none of them are at the vanguard of comedy anymore so we don't yeah. watch them because like the comedies we watch now it's like they've probably written the entire season before they start shooting the first episode. Right. Yeah. It's super serialized. Every detail is baked in. They've yeah. probably done 75 drafts of the scripts. Like these were shows where you could like write something on Monday, shoot it on Tuesday, air it by Thursday. Yeah. And then you could decide what's going to happen in the next episode. It would be interesting. Uh, because yes, as we know that these shows, there there are still some examples of them, mostly on CBS. Um, but I, I I like to think that the right writers uh, could still churn in a, a good version of a, a of a network three camera sitcom. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I think um, so too. Because I think there is a little bit there's there's something missing in some of the comedies we watch now. Uh, yeah. In joy? that, like, is it joy? They're all, they're all better. 
Yeah, joy yeah, is joy is definitely, definitely one. Definitely funnier. They're all Today's better. Today's comedies all are de- better funnier. Pr- they're all better produced. They're all better, but there is uh, there's a comfort level to them that isn't there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. There is. Um, they're not. You know, there's yeah. an energy to. There's an energy to a, a, a live before an audience performance that isn't yeah. quite uh, there. And like, yeah, they're they're very very cynical and very very yeah. like you know yeah. like yeah lots of intelligent commentary on things that we love but at the same yeah. time when you just want something on in the background while you're washing the dishes and you just want to feel comfortable there's no yeah. show being made now that allows you to be just comfortable it's yeah. the closest thing the closest thing although it's like shot single cam doesn't have the live audience and it's probably again one of those things where they write the whole season all back to back but like abbott elementary is the closest thing i've seen recently there to like go. to a there show that's yeah, just like it's... pleasant to hang out with these people whereas yeah. like i i this but is it has a, a lot of heart though it has it's, a lot of it, heart it, that's what i'm saying it's not just comfort it's also like heart-wrenching and you're like it ha- yes rooting for the you're rooting characters. for them it has heart but the it- michael the michael sure productions often uh yeah. fit fit yeah. into that level but yeah i just uh, give me a just give me a zany slightly you know low stakes uh ensemble on on a stage show just for yeah yeah just just for old times that, sakes. that's <laughs> what we liked about the Seinfelds and Friends's and Offices and all sorts of like these sitcoms that, you know, they were hangout shows and mm-hmm. we just liked hang. We they're hanging out with each other. We like hanging out yeah. with these people and we don't like at the end of the day, like I was yeah. complaining like about the plots in these episodes with those great hangout shows. It didn't matter. Like, you yes, they care. wrote great plots, but if there was a shitty plot, who cares? Like you'd watch them read a phone book like it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, you know what, that's an interesting thing, like, to, to bring up the second episode where, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're shoved into this apartment to get into these conflicts with each other. But, like, you're three seasons into your show. Why are you finding reasons for your characters to be together? Like, yeah, you don't watch an episode of Friends where they're all sitting in a, sitting in the coffee shop talking and be like, why are they here? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why, why, why aren't, don't they have something else to do today? Like, yeah, no, why like, did that need to be a bottle? Like, it's basically like they gathered together because they're heading out to a football game, but oh no, it's raining. So they're all stuck in the apartment together. It's like, yeah, yeah you're right. Like those shows, if it was like the cast of Seinfeld hanging out of the coffee shop, no one's asking, yeah. why are the yeah. four of them sitting here eating sandwiches? Like, it doesn't matter. And yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, Abbott Elementary is a show that's being made now where it has that vibe, even if it's a different production model. It's like if they were just hanging out in the break room at the school, I don't give a shit what the plot is. Like, I like yeah. the people. I'm happy to just hang out with them. Yeah. If there's a great story, cool. That's icing. But yeah. that show establishes very quickly that these are people you want to be around. And like yeah. this show, it's like by middle of season three, they're still trying to convince us that these people are even friends. Yeah. I mean, I wonder what it is. It's like yeah. all the elements, yeah. all the elements are there. All the elements are there, but there's just something that's like a little bit off. Like yeah. there's just something. It must be the writing. It must be. Because- yeah. Because we really, yeah, we really have these performances. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great cast. Yeah. Everyone is on point. Everyone's doing their thing. Everyone's like strong. And like you can tell that they really worked to build 
the um chemistry together, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's weird. Maybe they needed that pizza place and <laughs> you know don't, don't we all is it don't don't me all. or did the pizza place, especially when they now bri- I want pizza. they briefly showed the like entrance to it. And I'm like, is this like a ripoff of the Central Perk set, but pizza instead of coffee. Kind of, yeah, it was. It looked Central it, Perkish. Yeah, yeah, but it was a great set. It was, it was a great good. set. Yeah. It worked. You know, it was the, a good set. The apart the apartment set was just fine, but the the yeah. pizza place felt like a place that I would like to hang out in. Yeah, yeah. Um, they should. Yeah, I I kind of feel like this show had some unrealized potential. Obviously, if yeah. it lasted four seasons, it did okay, but. There's a world in which they could have leaned into it as a hangout show about a group of friends that as compared, here's what I, I mean, this is just my opinion, but like the thing that distinguishes it from the show Friends is to some extent just the age of the characters. These are characters that are a little bit younger. Yeah. And slightly, slightly. like not that much It's not younger. a huge difference. Yeah. Because yeah. when, when, when would friends of, because there's a big so- deal- yeah. Of their 30th birthday and friends. And that's pretty far into the show. Yeah. Well, I think friends like so friends premiered in 94 and they were supposed to be in their early to mid 20s, I think. OK, yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, that's I took what them I was to saying. be late 20s, but they could have been. They could have been. I don't um, know. And, they're, they're, and they also have it. They don't they're not all the same age. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all kind of staggered. True. Ross is supposed to be like, like the oldest. Older, and like, so I think Chandler and Ross are like the same age. Yeah. And then Monica's his younger sister. Yeah. And Rachel's like Monica's yeah. age. So like there's like a couple. There's probably like a span yeah. of like but four years in between. The ages might be similar, yeah. but I feel like there's. Whereas, well, this this is like a whole four years starting a whole four years later. Yeah. This is starting in ninety eight, ends in two thousand one. Starting, so that's a good chunk of time. That's like us and like people who are like yeah, but in I, their early thirties. I, I feel like, like that's like a different, a big difference. They there was mm-hmm. there was something to do where they could have like they're hanging out in a pizza place instead it's not a coffee shop it's not a bar it's a it's a pizza place so there's something where i don't know i feel like they could have leaned into them being at a slightly less mature stage of life than the cast of friends is supposed to be yeah and not made like having as soon as you have like by season three the episode we watched there's a whole wedding planning subplot Mm -hmm. yeah and to me like that's a mistake don't have these characters even contemplating getting married because, like, I feel like they could have gotten more mileage out of yeah. dating and career stuff. Yeah. It was mostly career. It was a lot of career stuff. It kind of reminded of, me. a lot of their work stuff. It, it kind of reminded me of a more mainstream uh, reality bites because that yeah. that <laughs> show starts with everyone graduating and, th- or like, sorry, that movie starts with everyone graduating from college and this one starts yeah. with the the core team. So it's like that phase of life where you're just like leaving post secondary and it's time to figure your life out. And yeah, like if it's something like a lot of people can relate yeah. to and it was a big <laughs> deal probably at the time for Gen X. Yeah. Uh so like regardless of the actual know, ages but to friends, I think the implication is that they're a couple a few years out yeah, of college. And yeah. they're more like, okay, we're young and hot, but we're like 
Mm-hmm. You know, we're already sort of. We need to get serious like, about our lives, like, basically. Yeah, I mean, but both- I think they're just older on Friends. That's yeah, all. Yeah, I think the actors are older. But, yeah, yeah. Regardless of like actual age, Friends has a thirty-something energy to me. Yeah, in my mental map of of the show, whereas this show feels like these are. Well, because they're self-sufficient. Yeah. In Friends, they have their they ha- they they have their shit together, right? Maybe Rachel yeah. doesn't, and maybe maybe like maybe Monica has some career missteps, but everybody else has their shit together in France. Here's my here's my cap on two guys, a girl, and a, and or a pizza place, uh, <laughs> and or <laughs> you know. I expected to uh, enjoy it more. Right. Especially with my nostalgia for it. And yeah. I enjoyed a lot of it. I enjoy mostly Ryan Reynolds, but also the rest of the cast. Uh, but yeah, it's just, I think, you know, to answer the question of why why I chose it. Yeah, I, I, I get why we don't really talk about this show anymore. Yeah. Good yeah. point. I agree with all of that. Yeah. I, I think like the biggest takeaway was like, oh, yeah, no, he was really a star because like Ryan Reynolds, because I remember having watched it. I remember now having tons of conversations at the time with just like friends that were also like just, you know, teenagers not to age us, but like <laughs> teenagers who were like, oh, yeah, that guy. That's so he that guy's so funny. And like all of like. My girlfriends and I were all like, oh, he's so cute and funny. And like, you know, like he was like for a sitcom, for someone to like notice Mm -hmm. a sitcom character that way, who's a teenager, who's like a cynical Mm -hmm. teenager. Like, that's a big deal. That really shows star power, you know, and he wasn't a teen. He was like because usually now it's like young teens notice other cute guys playing young teens like they don't the cole sprouses or the whoever's (laughs) you know they don't really notice like a guy's gotta that guy's gotta be 30 though right oh he's probably 30 now but anyway but like you know you didn't notice a guy playing an adult back then but you you did and it's like yeah truly that is what carried the show and like certainly everyone else was very strong um but yeah it isn't there's a reason it didn't have a strong cultural impact because it's 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 kind of flat despite yeah the I, great performances. I agree with all of that. I found it flat, but I also had a thought that like and I never watched this at the time, but I had really? a thought that if I had teenaged me probably would have enjoyed this at the time. Yeah. And now at my current age, <laughs> I I don't. It's just I I found myself getting pretty pretty bored with the yeah. with it and but i saw certain areas of potential and i look at it now and i'm like yeah when i was 15 if i had watched this if i knew about it at the time and watched it i probably would have enjoyed it yeah probably it's best target audience yeah 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 15 15 year old boys in the late 90s <laughs> yeah. would have yeah. been into this yep. probably yeah and he did yeah, Any, I did. Anyone who had a crush on Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> no comment. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, seeing as how we've talked a lot about how this show was a sort of potential ripoff of Friends, <laughs> uh, how'd you like to try to connect it with Friends? Yeah, I mean, it connects like many, many ways. Like, uh, I... I I'm sure that's no surprise. No. Um. Yeah, so... Okay, so I'll go over... 
a couple of the two degree connections. Um, so the first one is through Richard uh, Riculo or Riccolo, uh, who played Pete. So he had a recurring role on Joey, the short-lived <laughs> Friends spinoff starring Matt LeBlanc as Joey Tribbiani, uh, where and Matt LeBlanc also played Joey Tribbiani on Friends. So that's like a two-degree connection. Yeah, or even a 1.5. 1.5, I guess, yeah. Uh, another two-degree conne- connection is through Tiffany Thiessen, or Tiffany Amber Thiessen, many of us know. Mm-hmm. She had a recurring role as Marty on uh, Two Guys, A Girl, a piece of place um she guest starred on married with children uh which matt leblanc uh had a recurring role on as Vinny verducci and then matt leblanc also played joey on friends so in this series a lot of things lead back to joey which is not as often as as uh miss uh, phoebe um and then there's a couple uh one degree connections through the cast so Victor Raider Wexler, who recurred as Fire Chief Felix Shaw on Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place, which who I don't think we saw in any of these episodes. No. But anyway, he guest starred on Friends as well, playing a doctor. Uh, and Mary Ginsburg, who recurred as... Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Maury Ginsburg, who recurred as a character named Cayman. Uh, he guest starred on two episodes of Friends, where he played, in my opinion, a kind of memorable role. He played the funny stoner guy that worked in the copy shop oh. during the uh, ro- be- that first big Ross and Rachel breakup. So he was the co-worker of Angela Featherstone's character, Chloe, who was oh. the other woman uh, that Ross had the fling with. Well, um, they were on a break. They were on a break. So he played a character named Isaac who had like a big like fro and he was just like this kind uh, of funny stoner character. And yeah. <laughs> to be to be clear, I wasn't saying that to be on Ross's side. I was saying that to be funny. You better not yeah. be. <laughs> and then, okay. And so the two series shared a lot of the same directors, which we've noticed is definitely a thing from like, you know, all these comedies had a lot of the same directors, even if they were on different networks. So Michael Lem, um, there were more than these three, but I just wanted to highlight Michael Lembeck, Gail Mancuso, and Ellen Gittleson. So yeah, so those three directed multiple episodes of both. And then I think there were a few other ones as well. None of the same writers, which I found interesting. I went through well, all the writers, and not, there weren't, there wasn't overlap there, which I thought well, was friends was still on, so they yeah, were still employed. They were still employed. I guess, yeah, and that's it. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Bingo. So two degrees, Bingo. one degree. Yeah. Yeah. Very connected. Where, where where did everyone go from here? What's the spinoff? What's the deal? Well, yeah. So let's start with two of the other uh, main cast members. So. Richard Ruccolo, who played Pete, as we mentioned. So the interesting thing is this was one of his first like roles when he moved to um, L.A. from New Jersey. Like he scored this like lead role him. pretty quickly. Um, and honestly, like he was he I feel like he was kind of the Chandler of this show. Like he had a bit of the same kind of vibe, like the kind of he was a kind of like a Chandler slash Ross, like kind of had like a bit of a nervous energy, a bit of a, you know, great, great talent. He went on to appear in many other series, 
including Joey, as we already mentioned. He had like a recurring role and maybe it would have been a bigger role had that show actually went anywhere. Um, he is also in Reba, Desperate Housewives, Hot in Cleveland, and he co-starred in uh, another series, uh, Rita Rocks. So after 2016, he doesn't have like any more credits on IMDb. And I kind of went down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Turns out, uh, like doing some internet and social media stalking, it turns out he took like a big break from acting and he and his wife like travel the world together and they also own an RV that they like basically Aww. like they've it's like hashtag van life, but it's very cute. Like it's very like if you see his like social media, like it's it's actually very sweet and it seems like a very uh, level headed decision. Like, you know, acting wasn't like that fulfilling anymore. So he just kind of like decided to like run with it and do something different. And I did kind of see some snippets of other things from interviews where he said, you know, he would go back for the right role and he's kind of like doing some writing or whatever. But for now, it's just, you know, hanging out, traveling. Um, and then Trailer Howard, the other lead of the threesome, she so she has done a lot since like she appeared in the West Wing, the division. She co-starred in a short lived series with um, Alfred Molina called Bram and Alice. I saw that and I was like, oh, I want to watch that. I know. I kind of want to, too. But it's sort of outside of our eras. Um, She also like one of the biggest things she did since was Monk. Uh, like so, she was one of the leads in Monk. You know, I've never seen an episode me of neither, Monk. Me neither. Me neither. And I love Tony Shalhoub. So, is it any good? Did you have you seen it, Barry? I don't want to alienate any fan bases, but uh, <laughs> okay. I didn't. I didn't particularly care not, for Monk. Not your cup of tea. All right. No. Well, so she also has taken a break from acting, based on an interview she did for um. So. The Randy Disher podcast in 2021, she basically kind of said she's taken time off to focus on her family, but again, would consider going back to acting for the right project. And I think that's like super level headed of both of them, like the whole thing of like, no, I've done some really great work and like I don't need to keep going unless it's like something that I really, really want to do. Like, that's pretty cool. I feel like like. That's like a somebody, good mentality. Somebody give somebody give them both some work, will you? Exactly. But it's like, you know, somebody, it's all, call, it's, somebody call Ruckalo and Howard. Yeah, it's such a hard life. Like, you know, as we're seeing now with the strikes that are happening, like it's not an easy business to navigate. And if you're not immediately getting offered roles after you've done a long running series, like it can be really hard to face. And if you have the wherewithal and you have the you know, good financial planning to like take a break. Why not do it so that you can kind of find yourself again? And like, I don't know, but you know, that's just my random opinion. Don't take too much of it. Uh, and then, so we also have Susan Cryer who, um, we all enjoyed in these episodes. Well, in the second episode, she wasn't in the first episode as Ashley. So she appeared in two episodes of it's like, you know, Aaron. So, (laughs) Oh yeah, I don't know who she played in that, but anyway, uh, she also appeared in other popular series, including 
The Drew Carey Show, ER, Frasier, Desperate Housewives, Nip Tucks, Shameless. Uh, and recently, you you would remember her, Aaron, on Silicon Valley. So she plays Lori Bream, the CEO that of the, I knew. Yeah, yeah Raviga Capital. Uh, recently, she guest starred on Mrs. Davis, which I haven't seen yet. Barry, I feel like that'd be up your alley, that show. Mrs. David, yes, uh, it's on. It's on my radar. Yeah, but like everything, it'll take me uh, forever to couple, watch it. Couple years to get there. Yeah, she also co-starred on Lucky Hank, which was like Bob Odenkirk's recent series, and she did oh. a voice. She did a voice on Beavis and Butthead, which has been rebooted, and I didn't know about this. Yeah, it's on Paramount Plus. So funny. <laughs> um, and then Jillian Bach, Bach. I guess it's Bach or is it Batch? I don't know. I'll go with Bach. <laughs> we'll go with Bach. So, um, yeah. So she played the character, the kind of, the character with the bit of a problematic uh, backstory where they make fun of mental illness. Um, you know, she had went on to do many other things and I thought she was very good in, in the episode that we saw. But she went on to do many other shows, including Gilmore Girls, ER, uh, Yes, Dear, The King of Queens. She co-starred in the Jenna Elfman short-lived series, Courting Alex. She recurred in The Mentalist. And she also seems to have kind of went off the radar in uh, 2016. So, yeah, I don't know. 2016 was like a year. She of- was she was very funny. Yeah, now, like, very, very now funny. Now that I'm thinking back on that episode, I'm like, she had she had a real great energy. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they didn't kind of last throughout the whole series, but I'll give like an, a shout out to both Julius Carey and uh, Jennifer Westfeld because I'm a fan of both of them. And I think they're both great. And they both like had long careers yeah. and would have liked to see them still be Julius around. Carey was especially quite funny in, yes. in what we saw. Of yeah. Him. Very good. Yeah, so um, shout out to them. And then finally, we'll get to our two probably biggest stars that came out of the show, which is we'll start with Nathan Fillion. So, um, I Barry, I think it's so funny that this was like the beginning of your love for, for Nathan Fillion. Like, I didn't realize that. <laughs> I kind of thought, I assumed that you started to become a fan from the Joss Whedon projects that he was in. But uh, uh, no, he would have done Firefly right after. Right after, this. yeah. So yeah. basically, like, I think he became a huge fan favorite um, when he joined like Firefly, and then he also appeared in Buffy and Serenity. So he's kind of part of the like Joss Whedon universe. And my knowledge of Nathan Fillion comes mostly from the references on Big Mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's but- true. Yeah. So I uh, like he was also in the I noted here that he was in the the movie Waitress and I thought he was like flawless in that movie. I love that movie. Yeah. That's like yeah, a, a hidden gem that. of a movie. Um, yeah. He's also in uh, Desperate Housewives. Um, he's done a lot of memorable voice work, including as himself in Big Mouth. Uh, mm. And I think he's like the perfect person for them to choose for the character Missy to be obsessed with on that show. It's like the yeah. perfect actor. Absolutely, yeah. Like, you know, for like a nerdy little girl to be obsessed with. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, you know, in recent years, he's known for having scored like lead roles and very mainstream procedurals. So I think that's kind of fun. Like, you know, he got the role in Castle and he was on that for several seasons. And then most recently... He just wrapped up, you know, five seasons on The Rookie. 
but he'll he'll continue to be around because he's kind of a beloved guy. Like he, I think he went from. Well, I, mean, I think the rookie's still going. I so. think it's done, or maybe not. Maybe it's still no, going. It's just they're just not a brick. Okay. Um, and then finally we have Ryan Ryan Reynolds, and who knows what that guy's been up to? He's pretty obscure. No, wait, he's the biggest star ever. Uh, so, I mean, you know, he did appear in quite a bit of television, like around the time and before. He was on this, but then, you know, I'm going to highlight his movie career. So he had he's had a couple of interesting eras as like a movie mm-hmm. star. Like he started off in a very predictable way, being in kind of like, you know, young kind of raunchy comedies. Like he was in Van Wilder, which was very iconic. Like I know a lot of people our age remember that movie and watch that movie. And it was a very popular movie. So he was Van Wilder and that became like a thing he was known for. And then he also did a couple other like movies that would have had a similar audience. Like he did the movie Just Friends and he did the movie Waiting. Uh, Neither of which very like I, I enjoyed both of those movies but they really don't hold up when you rewatch them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was kind of his first era. And then he moved into rom-coms. Then he yeah. was in like Definitely Maybe and The Proposal. And then he randomly did some like other things that weren't as popular or successful. Like he was in the Amityville horror remake. But the things that he was most known for were his comedies because that's where he could be his maximum charming self. So it really made sense that he was in a couple of those rom-coms. And then he moved into his superhero era, which, you know, like, I guess Barry... I he was had gonna two. S- he, had, he had one very failed superhero era yeah. in which he was in one of the biggest flops of all time. And then... Which maybe one was wouldn't... that? The Green Lantern? He was in Green Lantern, yeah, yeah, yeah. which, uh, which kind of hurt his career a little yeah. for, for a year or two. Uh, and then, yeah, Deadpool. But then there. where did Blade come in? He was in the Blade movie. Was that kind oh, of like geez. in the that middle? Was, uh, yeah. Yeah. That would, honestly, right after, it would have been right after Two Guys, A Girl, and a Pizza Place. Um, yeah. I'm going to pull maybe up his Maybe 2002 IMDb again. is what I want to say. And that that movie was definitely integral because nobody, re- uh, again, like a lot of the projects he's in, nobody remembers the project. They remember him in it. Yeah. Because um, of Blade, his presence. Blade was the first where he really got jacked up uh, and was still his charming, funny self in Blade. Uh, and really, that was when that kind of started his sex, uh, his sex symbol uh, era, yeah. which would have led into his uh, into his rom-com era. Oh, uh, and- yeah. He was also in Adventureland, which was sort uh. of like. He's great in that. Yeah, he is. He's great in everything, but like that's a real that's a real against type for him, though. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he was in the Change Up, which is another kind of rom com thing, and then you know the biggest thing he's known for, I would say, is Deadpool, which like the first one came out in like 2015, 2016. It's there's it's weird if you look at his IMDb. There's all these Deadpool projects listed, but they're like shorts or something. Well, because he does a lot of, I think Promo. What, he he does a lot of marketing as Deadpool and he right. does a lot of random stuff as, as Deadpool, Deadpool because it's a character he, it, it it's a character like, okay, I'm a comic book nerd, so I'm, I'd piss people off by saying this, but it, it's a, it's a character made better by Ryan Reynolds and yeah. it's a character that he 
he enjoys playing probably more than some of us even enjoy seeing. Yeah. Um, He's the reason those movies are popular because he, he made his own thing there. Right. Yeah. Um, But I I think now he can pretty much do whatever he wants. And I think he does do whatever he wants. Well, now he's a, he's also, I mean, the thing that we all know about Ryan Reynolds is, and maybe we're doing it right now. You wouldn't know. He's so good at uh, marketing. Yes. Um, yeah. And he, he markets his brand very well. Cause yeah. like, honestly, like you look back at his career and like, again, you don't remember the projects. You just remember him in them. Yeah. You remember Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And his presence is the most iconic part yeah. of the things that he's in. And yeah. of course, now he's, you know, a gin and football mogul. Yeah. That's right. But now With it's like, Mac. you know, looking, <laughs> yeah. looking at his most recent projects, like, he does these big action movies, but he also did that fun like Christmas movie with Will Ferrell, and which I didn't yeah. see, but I will watch next Christmas. Uh, and then he did like an episode of American Auto, which is like seems like a big favor to someone, but which is like that I, like fun sitcom that I really want to watch because it's got oh, really fun people in it. It's got like a. Um, the other Baronholtz. It's got John Baronholtz, who was very funny on Superstore, and Anna Gasteyer. Yeah, and it's like people working in a car dealership. It's like The Office, but it's like a car dealership. Oh, oh and Brad Hall's in it randomly for four episodes. Oh, so, oh that's that's a, that's uh, Julie yeah. Lewis Dreyfus's. Yeah, yeah, I only yeah. know that because you guys. Yeah. Uh, fun Richard Ruckalo thing. Uh. He has two very memorable appearances on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, right. which yeah. I always remember him yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot to mention that. But Wait, yes. who is he? He's the, he's, he's so, he, you know, oh, he's, 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 yeah. he's, he's the corporate rep on Sunny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Yeah. 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 And so it's, yeah, he was very funny on that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, everybody, everybody on this cast was just aces. So, like, it, it's interesting. Like, they were all able to go on and do other work that was good. And mm-hmm. like, this was like a good way. Like, I think this this series, although it was kind of like, you know, we had our issues with it, and it it wasn't didn't really make a lasting impact. I think it was an excellent showcase for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like I think it was a great platform for them to show their star power, and they all got like good opportunities after. So I don't know, good for them. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. well deserved. Yeah, mm-hmm. well deserved. Yeah. Well, um, wonder if uh. Mr. Producer has any opinions on this show? I mean, it's seems a little past his it's, time, it's but late nineties, we'll so you know. Well, we'll see. Uh, I mean, has he ever really stopped working? Maybe not. Yeah. All right. Well, let's give Mr. Producer a call. Hey, King, what's the action? Oh, you know, just recording the old podcast. Ah, sure, sure. The uh, the podcast. Yeah. You know, I'm curious. Have you ever listened to it? Ah, uh, sure, sure. You know, bits and bites here. You know, uh, Jody, my old assistant, he used to play it a lot in the background. Oh, well, that's nice to hear. What about Raleigh, your current assistant? Uh, well, Raleigh's moved on as well. But, uh, no, no, uh, did not appear to be a fan. Uh, so what's on the reel today? Two guys and a girl. And a pizza place. Right, right. 
Did you have any involvement with this one? Uh, actually, I did. I had a very substantial involvement. I was on a committee they put together between the second and third seasons. You know, the show was doing just fine, but those fat cats thought it could do better with maybe a snappier title. Sure, so they dropped the pizza place. <laughs> sure, if only it were that self-evident at the time. But it took us a little while to get there. You know, we liked the guys, we liked the girl. We thought maybe the pizza place might be the issue. But where would they hang out? And you guys needed a committee to figure that out. <laughs> well, you know, we thought maybe maybe it was just the wrong type of restaurant. So uh, we had two guys, a girl, and a shawarma shack. Two guys, <laughs> a girl, and the fish flingers. Two guys, a girl, and the pretzel palace. Two guys, a girl, and a bagel barn. <laughs> then we got a little desperate, you know. Two guys, a girl, and the charcuterie church. <laughs> two guys, a girl, and the soda shop. Two guys, a girl, and the calamari cavalcade. Uh, some, some of these sound like Indiana Jones movies You know, well, we only landed where we did uh, Because, to be honest, we ran out of both time and money Money? How much are we talking? Well, sure, they spent nearly $85 million on the Food Title Workshop Project of 99 (laughs) (laughs) Money well spent So, just no pizza place No pizza place Well, that, that was enlightening See ya, kid. Well, there. That was uh, now's the time where we awkwardly end our episodes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now's the time where we try to figure out what uh, what to say to wrap this up and bring it to some sort of conclusion. I think we all we all kind of gave our final thoughts on the show already. Do either of you have any leftovers? No, just that I wish I had leftover pizza. Yeah, mm. yeah. Speaking mm. of pizza. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know the pizza place. There's no better pizza place, uh, local hangout pizza place than Batando's in Little Italy of uh, Aww, Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, if nothing else, it makes you want to eat pizza. Yeah. True. Highest praise. <laughs> <laughs> and got to credits. That Was a Show is created and hosted by Bryn Burney, Andrew Barry Helmer, and myself, Aaron Yeager. It's a production of Radio Gizmo in Toronto, Canada. Subscribe, rate, review, and share. Follow us on Instagram and tell your friends about it. That Was a Show? Radio Gizmo.